0: Everywhere it is, another weekend. We're kicking it off right now on the Friday, Friday, Friday edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G. Back again. You can't stop us from talking, there's always something to discuss, and it's been a big week here in the sporting world with the start of the silly season. In the NFL. And you know the mantra that I have had. If you listen to my yapping uh, over my time at Fox, and you know, I believe the better story is in the losing locker room. And the biggest transaction in the NFL for my money, dollar for dollar, was the trade that sent Russell Wilson out of Seattle and into Denver as Russ will be cooking in the mile high altitude. So the better story is in the losing locker room.
1: Oh hell no.
0: Yeah. That would be the Seattle locker room as the Seahawks are now heading into uncharted waters without a big time quarterback. So they're going to have to pivot on the fly and who better to get to the bottom of what's going on in Seattle than the voice of sports talk radio in Seattle when you think well, at least for those of us that work in the in the radio business, the people that matter in Seattle sports radio, there's only one name that really rises all the way up to the top, and that's Softy. And a, a man who I often have been accused of being related to, that we are brothers from another mother. And because it's Softy Mahler and Ben Mahler, and I've always been jealous. We're gonna bring Softy on right now. Softy, I have always been jealous that your surname, while it's similar to mine, is pronounced in a much more masculine way, that Mahler is much more impressive than Mahler. So we'll start with that. And also, we've been on the radio in Seattle for years. We are on the, obviously, overnight show on KJR, the great sports talker. You are the big afternoon uh, drive sensation there in Seattle. And I semi-regularly will have a listener that, that is in the Seattle market that will say, Hey, uh, are you, you related? They are convinced that because we have a similar sounding name and we work in radio, that we are somehow, uh, we are DNA uh, related. Have you gotten the same uh, reaction there, Softy?
1: Well, I thought we were related. I mean, you're kind of bursting my bubble. I saw the story where Jerry Jones is getting sued by somebody who claims that Jerry is her father and I don't know. I thought, I thought you and I were related. Maybe I should file a lawsuit and have like a DNA test and make sure that, uh, you know, we, uh, we are not related, but I've been walking around forever. Uh, people ask me my claim to fame and it's like, yeah, me and me and Ben Maller We're related. That's my claim to fame. And Now you're telling me that we're not, man, this is just a whole new world for me. And I'm not sure if I can go forward now knowing that we are actually not related. No, man. I mean, here's the thing, dude. Um, It's funny how some people get this stuff mixed up. I didn't think it was that difficult. Apparently for some people it is, but places like Twitter, for example, have reminded me that not everybody is on the same page as we are. And that stuff that you would not think would need explanation indeed does need explanation. So Yes, Ben and I are not related, uh, which is better news for him than it is for me, by the
0: way. <laughs> well, no, and I, I filled in for you. I don't know if you remember. You were on a tropical uh, island somewhere with the family, <laughs> and I I filled in remotely. Before, it was cool to fill in remotely on the powerful yep. uh, KJR, and uh, clearly uh, management heard that show, Softie, because I've not been invited back, so clearly they... <sighs> They heard that broadcast and said, uh, "Maller
1: not as good as Mahler, and uh, get out of here. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away." I think no. I think what happened is they realized how good you were, and they said, "If we put this bastard on the air again, we're going to have to pay him, uh, you know, actually compensate the guy." So forget that. Let's go back to Mahler, who's just cheap talent, and we can get yeah. away with putting his ass on the air. So yeah. anyway, yeah, man, it's good to be on with you, and what a what a crazy couple days in Seattle, man.
0: It has been, and we're going to get to that, but uh, I'm not done uh, BSing about radio because I'm, I'm waiting now. Sob, <laughs> you you are a star. You are like the Mike Francesa of Seattle. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, you've been on there for a long time. You're very successful, but when is the trickle down going to happen? I see these contracts, softy, with Aikman and these guys, and I'm, I'm happy for these broadcasters in the NFL, but I have always believed I'm biased here because I work in radio as you do, but, People tune in to hear what the radio guy has to say. When You will watch an NFL game if the teams are good. You're not necessarily right. watching because of Troy Aikman or any of these guys. No matter how good they are, you're not watching because of the broadcasters. So when is the money? Give me the answer here, Softy. When is the money going to come down to guys like us?
1: Yeah, I would say it's a word that rhymes with never, number one, because <laughs> number two. And, and I really uh, realize this when I get to go to the Super Bowl for Radio Row or the Final Four for Radio Row. And you look around Radio Row and you see all these bums and you see all these clowns and you think, man, that's me. I'm, I'm one of those bums. I'm one of those clowns in sports talk radio. So in the end, and I always say this, that uh, you and I are just monkeys in a carnival, man. And all they do is just throw peanuts at us, uh, <laughs> you know, our entire career. So maybe one day they'll give us more peanuts. Maybe one day they'll give us more bananas. But they ain't going to give us more cash, man. There's no question about that. So you and I work in the toys and games department. Other people out there have real jobs, and they're, you know, busting their ass 12, 13 hours a day, construction, hard labor, things like this. So we got nothing to bitch about, man, no matter how little they pay us. But uh, it's a hell of a run. It's been 27 years for me. I just signed a new deal that will take me to 30 with KJR. And I just wonder every day uh, when they're going to pull the plug and they haven't done it yet. So it's a freaking miracle.
0: Oh, congratulations. You have dominated. You are the King of Seattle radio, but I, and and speaking of that, I know from my little overnight show and and we have, you know, listeners in Seattle and uh, you guys just moved to the FM dial. Now this fascinates me softy because uh, people were like, Oh, you sound so much better on the FM dial. The, the power of terrestrial radio still, because you can listen yeah. to your show on iHeartRadio Radio and the streaming and all that, and same with obviously my show, but so many people are just creatures of habit; they just love the old school radio and they listen that way. It's, to me, it's fascinating. Yeah. Have, you, have you gotten yeah. a similar response? This is a big deal to be on the FM dial now.
1: It's a huge deal, and it's even bigger for our broadcast partners. You know, the Kraken, the Huskies, uh, Washington basketball washington football the sounders you know uh, you know westwood one for example to have all those games and in fm radio but you're right i mean there were people when we made the move that were irritated you know i i want my 9:50 a.m i've been listening to 9:50 a.m <laughs> for 40 years or whatever and, and 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 here's the funny thing ben yesterday was actually the 100th anniversary of kjr Getting their very first broadcast license in 1922. Wow. So, our radio station has been around for over 100 years now, and we finally made the switch full time to FM. We're going to simulcast for a little bit and then uh, make the switch in a couple of months officially. We actually tried this about 10 years ago to simulcast on an FM station with 950 AM, and the ratings for like Four hours were off the charts, and the management was going bananas. Oh God, look at this! And then a week later, yeah, they suck again. So I don't know, man. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this will be the boost everybody is looking for. But I think, I think, I mean, you're a you're kind of a radio junkie like me. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is that the music stations are struggling because they can't compete with uh, all the music, you know, streaming platforms. Uh, for example, like iHeart's app, where you can get all the music you want on the iHeart app. But if you still want local sports talk until they start streaming that on all the other platforms, there's only one place to go.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's you know music radio. Well, you listen in the morning and it's just talk radio. Like the music stations are just talk stations. That, that's been that way for years, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, people like to listen when it comes to music. A lot of people want to hear only what they want to hear and you never know what you're going to get when you listen on, on radio. But as uh, as our boss over at Fox's, I, I don't bear to leave my man. Uh, so uh, we need to talk. <laughs> we, we need to talk football uh, softy. You are the yeah. King of Seattle. Are you still sitting Shiva here for the uh, end of Russell Wilson as a Seattle Seahawk?
1: No, I'm not doing that. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, man. I, I appreciate everything Russell Wilson did for this franchise, everything he did for the organization, it doesn't take a genius, uh, you know, to look back and say, Hey man, the 10 years of Russell Wilson quarterback were pretty damn good for this franchise. But I, I I was kind of growing tired, started bitching about his offensive line. And then all this controversy erupted, all this rumor, all this innuendo and Russell didn't say a damn thing. He didn't put an end to any of it. He just sat back with his hands behind his head, kicked his feet up and smiled and just enjoyed being in the spotlight. And, I even asked him, you know, at a press conference, I said, if you really want to be in Seattle long term, why would you allow all that rumor and innuendo to continue? And he said, well, because we had some stuff to figure out behind closed doors, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Well, then you really truly were not as invested here. And it really truly was not as harmonious a relationship as you guys have been leading people on. You can't have it both freaking ways. So there was a lot of drama with him. There was a lot of nonsense with him. He became all about him. He became all about his brand, which is fine if you're playing great football and winning MVPs the way Aaron Rodgers is, but he wasn't doing that. You know, the guy comes out and complains about the line. He wants more talent. He wants this. He wants his legacy to be secure, which he never talked like that. Bobby Wagner never talked like that. Richard Sherman never talked like that. Uh, You know, K.J. Wright, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, those guys never talked about themselves in that light and russell wilson never did until about a year and a half ago so things started then to become about russell and his brand and his legacy and his campaign and then he picks that opportunity and that time to go out and start playing bad football in the back half of 2020 breaks his finger and was playing poorly even before that in the first half of 2021 so all of it created the stew that a lot of people were just kind of getting tired of. To be honest with you,
0: well, I, I don't know about you, Softie, but that that bread football thing that Russ was selling—that uh, that's a solid item there. And the, uh, the, yeah. the the nano bubbles, right? He had the nano bubbles going too. Yes, he, yeah. He claimed to have.
1: And Ben, you know what's funny about that? As you mentioned the nano bubbles. That 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 really was the only thing that he had done that he had even remotely approached any controversy when he claimed to have this water that could cure concussions and that went away real quick and then all of a sudden you know again he met Sierra uh, he started turning into a bit of a diva the analogy that i've used before with him you remember the movie Napoleon Dynamite obviously oh, sure. when, yeah. when when his brother Kip was this nerdy computer geek sitting at home online talking to babes all day and then he meets LaFonda And he totally changes. He's got the do rag on. He's got the medallion with the Thunderbird hanging around his neck. He's walking differently. He's talking differently. (laughs) That's what happened to Russell. I'm telling you, go look at Russell Wilson, his first three, four years in the NFL. He was like Urkel of NFL quarterbacks. And then he meets Sierra and all of a sudden he becomes this totally different person. (laughs) He's dressing differently. He's walking differently. He's talking differently. He's got a different hairstyle. He's using different voices. I swear to God, Ben, we have a Russell Wilson sound wheel where he's got seven or eight different (laughs) accents and everything just got weird with the guy. And then he started playing poorly and all hell went to, you know, hell in the hand bucket. So it was just a big freaking giant recipe of nonsense.
0: Well, you are the expert on Russell Wilson soundbites. My personal favorite was the Mr. Unlimited rant that he did. That is a, yeah.
1: I got to get you, I got to get you, and when we're done here, have your producer give you a buzz. Okay. I got to get you some of these drops because you'll have a field day. It is unbelievable. I could play you six or seven different clips – And if you didn't know it was Russell Wilson, you would think it was six or seven different people talking. I swear to God.
0: Well, the thing too about him, and it's obviously, as you said, it's changed recently, but Russell Wilson for years, it sounded like he was mimicking Pete Carroll, like the same tone, like the the phrases. It was like he was the the doppelganger of Pete Carroll. Like he was just trying to copy the exact language. So is he going to copy the Broncos coach, whoever that is, the guy from the Packers there? Is he going to? rip that yeah, off. Hack it.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah well that's one of the funny things that Seahawks fans are going to keep their eye on then you know this guy liked to end every press conference with go Hawks which was kind of fun whatever blah 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 and then when he didn't do it Seahawks fans would panic oh he didn't say go Hawks what does that mean he didn't say go Hawks so now we'll see if he says go Broncos in Denver but that was one of the things that made this thing work is that him and John Schneider and Pete Carroll were always on the same page you know they would they they, they would agree on you know, how they were going to present themselves in public, what they would talk about, what they would not talk about. Russell Wilson was the master of the cliche. He was the master of deflection. It's what made him so great that he was a good player, very, very good player. But they also had the LOB, They had Marshawn Lynch. They had the highest paid offensive line in football when they won the title in 2013. And Russell Wilson never, ever, ever even thought about rocking the boat and then things began to deteriorate and he became a little more brash he became a little more bold which i have no problem with a guy that spent 8 9 years in the nfl should have that you know confidence that he can speak his mind but like i said it became about him and it got weird and he would do all this weird stuff on social media i don't know if you remember but there was a photo about 4 or 5 3 or 4 years ago that he sent out where he's buck naked with a 90% naked Sierra and a buck naked future junior, and they're all wrapped up like a big serpent, and he puts this picture on social media. I'm like, dude, if I got pictures like that with me and my wife, you know what I'm doing with that? I'm hanging it above my bed, or it's in my bathroom above the toilet so nobody can see it. I'm not showing that to people. It's just weird, man. It's just too Stuff that guys just don't do. It's very odd. And players in the locker room, I'm telling you, they would roll their eyes at this stuff. I talked to one guy that spent nine years with him in Seattle, and I asked him, how many times did you go out with Russell Wilson after practice, after a game for a beer, a steak dinner, whatever? He said, not one time. Not one time did I ever go out with Russell Wilson. So it's just the kind of guy he was. And again, when you're winning games, fine, no problem. When you're playing well, fine, no problem. But obviously, at the end, that wasn't happening.
0: All right. So you are on the pulse of the people as the voice of Seattle yeah. Sports Radio. So what? What yeah. is the the rank and file softy? I mean, I know you're the, you're the opinion guy, but the uh, the people that you're around are the Seahawk fan, the hardcore Seahawk fan. Are they in yeah. lockstep with you? Or are they like, wait a minute, we are screwed now. We're not going to have a quarterback for the next five to ten years.
1: Well, I think everybody understands how hard he's going to be to replace. Uh, they don't have an Aaron Rodgers or a Steve Young waiting in the wings the way the Niners or Packers did when they lost Montana and Brett Favre. So that's going to be an issue. And obviously, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. How much longer does he want to deal with this before he walks away and plays with his grandkids and goes to his place in Maui? But, you know, as far as the reaction, I mean, I, I, I just put a poll on Twitter yesterday. Not that Twitter polls are the end-all, be-all, but just a small little sample uh, and I asked, you know, uh, my followers, um, how, you know, are you more sad to see Bobby Wagner or Russell Wilson go? And 75% said Bobby Wagner <laughs> over Russell Wilson. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, what? I mean, uh, no, I mean, come on. You guys know the impact the middle linebacker has over a quarterback, but I just think it shows you that people were just ready to move on. The Hawks have some draft capital now. They got a bunch of salary cap space, second most in the NFL. And people are excited, I guess, in some ways to see how the Hawks spend it. There's also a side of the Seahawks fan base that doesn't trust John Schneider or Pete Carroll as far as they can throw it. because the drafts have been terrible for the most part. The free agent spending has been awful. And it seems like every move they make has been a disaster. The Jamal Adams deal, disaster. Jimmy Graham deal, yeah. disaster. Percy Harvin deal, disaster. Every big move this franchise has made except for the early drafts in 2010, 11 and 12 really have not worked out. So their track record was solid and they built a great foundation, but in the last seven, eight years, they've been, they've been really slipping in that regard.
0: So three years from now, and we're, yes. we're looking back at this, is Pete Carroll, a still the coach of the team. And is, is Russell, do you think Russ is going to light it up in Denver? Or do you think he, he continues, as yeah. you said, he hasn't been playing well the last couple of years. Do so you think he falls off the
1: cliff? Well, I think they're going to let him cook. And you know what that means? That means letting Russ throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. That's what he wanted. That's what he wanted here in Seattle. It's what Brian Schottenheimer wanted for him in Seattle. And then Seahawks went 6-2 and in the first half of the 2020 season. They went to Buffalo. They got destroyed. Russell Wilson threw a bunch of picks, and Pete Carroll said, that's the end of that, enough of that. And they went back to his roots. The problem with Pete Carroll – is he thinks it's still 2013. He doesn't want to take any chances on offense, doesn't want to turn the ball over, wants to rely on a great running game and an elite defense. The problem is they haven't had either one of those things for the last four or five years. I don't know. Maybe Pete Carroll's in a coma and he wakes up (laughs) every day and he's he's dreaming that it's 2013. I got no freaking idea. But if they want to get back to where they are with Pete Carroll, they got to get serious about the offensive line. They got to get serious about the defensive line, and they got to find a way to start dominating people on the ground. And that hasn't happened. Chris Carson can't count on him. Rashad Penny can't count on him. Their options have been guys like Alex Collins, Carlos Hyde, and Paul Homer, or excuse me, Travis Homer. So they just need, if they're going to make this work with Pete Carroll, he's got to find a way to get back to his roots.
0: All right, so they, you have to get a quarterback this year for the Seahawks. So what? What do you hear yes. in soft? Is it going to be Drew Lock? Are they going to sign one of these other stiffs that are free agents or yeah. trade for somebody?
1: Yeah, I think the next great Seahawk quarterback is probably in diapers right now. To be totally <laughs> honest with you, honestly. All right, I mean seriously, because I just don't see anything in free agency. I don't see anything on the trade market. Maybe they make a run at a guy like a Marcus Mariota. Maybe they bring a guy like a Gardner Minshew in here and see yeah. what they can do, provide some competition. Uh, I mean, that's really what you're talking about right now. Yeah. The other option is Deshaun Watson, and we'll find out what happens on Friday with the grand jury. Uh, I, I, I love Deshaun as a player. Obviously, right now, he's a no-go zone because of all the accusations against him, and that's got to be dropped. And if those are dropped, I think the Hawks are very much going to be involved with the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I mean, Ben, you got to understand, and I know that you do, that Pete Carroll's seventy damn years old, right? He may think he's young at heart, and he may think he can coach until he's eighty years old, but he's freaking seventy. There's only a handful of guys in the NFL that have had any success past that age, uh, and he's going to have to be another one, uh, you know, to pull this off. So I don't think he's in, you know, interested in rebuilding this thing from the ground up and training a rookie quarterback and. You know, building a new offensive and defensive line. That's why he left USC to come to the Seahawks in the first place, for crying out loud, because the guy had no interest in rebuilding USC when they were about to go on probation. So I think Pete Carroll is going to take the path of least resistance. And if that means getting a Mariota, if that means getting a Minshew, if that means drafting, uh, you know, a uh, Malik Willis with the number nine pick they got in the Bronco deal or getting into the Watson sweepstakes. I think that's what he'll do. But right now, there's only two quarterbacks on the roster. It's Drew Locke and Jacob Eason. So right now, it's the Drew Locke show until something changes.
0: Well, yeah, I was just going to bring up that. I was around Pete when he was coaching at USC. And once once he saw the writing on the wall that that was not going to go well with the NCAA, he hightailed it out of there. He got he got going. Yes. And uh, yeah. he, you wonder if he's going to stick so around. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. But I mean, you think within the next five years, that the Seahawks are going to have a legit Super Bowl contender. It seems unlikely at this point. They have a bunch of draft picks, but you but you know, yeah. softy. The problem with draft picks is most of them don't live up to the hype. You got to actually pick the right, right players. That's right. always. The, it well, sounds great to have yeah. draft picks, but yeah. you got to actually get the picks right. Yeah. And these teams screw it up well, all the time.
1: And they've been screwing it up. I mean, they've uh, you know they've had a couple of hits here and there, but for the most part. And look, here's the thing: what they did between 2010. 2011 and 2012. They brought in Russell Okung. They brought in Earl Thomas. They brought in Richard Sherman. They brought in KJ Wright. They brought in Bobby Wagner. They brought in Russell Wilson. They brought in Doug Baldwin as an undrafted free agent. They're never going to have that kind of success again. That was a once in a career type of run for John Schneider and Pete Carroll when it comes to the draft and when it comes to undrafted free agents. So of course, I agree with you that in the next five years, is it likelier than not that the Seahawks are not going to be a dominant football team? Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely going down the road of a rebuild. There is no question about that. And Pete Carroll is going to be 73, 74 years old uh, in the time frame that you're talking about. And the other part of this equation that not a lot of people have been mentioning is that Paul Allen is dead.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's look, right. Yeah.
1: You know, Paul Allen was one of the great owners in the NFL. Everything Paul Allen touched when it came to the NFL, from hiring Mike Holmgren to hiring Pete Carroll to be willing to fire Jim Mora after one year of a four-year deal when Todd Lightwicky convinced him it wasn't working, he didn't give a damn. He just wanted to win games. I mean, look look at the playoff appearances with Paul Allen from the late 90s on compared to what they had before Paul Allen was the owner. And he passed away a couple years ago. His sister, Jody, is now in charge. Nobody even knows what the hell she sounds like, for crying out loud. (laughs) Nobody even knows what her plans are long term for this organization. So there's a little bit of a question mark, Ben, if not a big question mark, about the ownership structure in Seattle. How long does Jody hang on to the team? Uh, if they do want to sell, there's going to be plenty of people in Seattle, namely a guy like a Jeff Bezos, maybe Bill Gates finally steps up and buys a team. Um, but that's a big, big, big concern for me, because as long as Paul Allen was here, this organization was firing on all cylinders. And now that he's gone, nobody has any idea the future of that, of that structure and what that looks like.
0: Oh, how, how great would it be though for the Seahawks fans if they, uh, if Bezos ends up getting the team with all his money. Oh my goodness insanity uh but it's for yeah, you know as, what I'd yeah. rather
1: I'd rather have them buy the Mariners with no salary cap in baseball that'd be better
0: well uh, they're debating that right so they have the owners have their fake salary cap, their fugazi salary cap that they put yeah, in baseball yeah, which is yeah. ridiculous
1: Bezos, Bezos would Bezos would take that luxury tax by the neck and squeeze so hard its eyeballs would pop out of his pocket.
0: <laughs> exactly, he exactly he wouldn't
1: give a damn he would knock it and I've always argued that Paul Allen owned the wrong team if he had owned the Mariners instead of the Seahawks Oh, My god, we'd have six world series titles by
0: now, yeah, sure. And uh, now, as far as you though, I'm thinking this is actually good for you, softy. That the Seahawks, because there's a lot of passion for the Seahawks from an outsider's perspective, right? I said a lot of passion. I've been to Seattle a few times, a lot of passion. But if the team's bad, that's great yeah. sports radio, right? That's great for you because people are angry. And it's to me, it's always been better when things are kind of rocky as opposed to when everything's great and you're winning for sports talk radio purposes only, of course. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think there's no doubt that anger drives passion. You know, people tend to communicate with sports talk radio stations more so when they're irritated and angry than when they're happy. Uh, you know, look, I mean, it's obviously a controversial thing for this for this town. This team has been good for a long, long time, and, and now that's all about to fall apart. So I'm curious to see how people respond to it, but It's not just the Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Pete Carroll. You know, DK Metcalf's contract is up. You know, what about Jamal Adams' future? I mean, we've spent a year and a half hammering Jamal Adams on the air. And and not just hammering the Seahawks, but hammering him. I mean, there's been some plays that, he's made or plays that he's not made where I've looked at him and asked if he even gives a damn about (laughs) playing football. And there's, there's, there's plays that'll make your skin crawl, Ben, uh, with this guy. And, you know, look, here's the thing. He was all, he was all PO'd in New York because the jets weren't winning. He comes to Seattle. They make the playoffs. The guy likes a freaking cigar at a podium to celebrate finally making the postseason. And now the Seahawks suck again with Jamal Adams. So now he's going right back to where he was with the Jets two, three years ago. So I'm curious to see how Jamal Adams handles all this, you know, uh, know, all all these tough times that are about to be on the horizon for the Seahawks. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason, interesting couple of years. Uh, People are fired up. The interaction with the fans is always awesome, but I don't know, man, I'm at a point in my career where, uh, I don't even give a damn anymore. You know, whatever happens, is going to happen. Just get me the hell off the air so I can be on the first tee by, uh, you know, three o'clock.
0: Well, the, the great thing about these jobs is whether the teams are good or bad, we still have to, uh, we still have to talk. So it doesn't really matter. We will uh, talk about it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and yeah. more. Now I got to, I got to ask you, Now, when are the, when are the NBA guys going to get back in Seattle? What, what are you hearing there? We, uh, I've heard rumors for yeah. like the past five years, Softy, by guys in the oh, yeah. NBA. Yeah that Seattle's yeah. getting an expansion team. They're going to add two teams, Seattle. And I heard recently I heard Vegas, but I've heard some other cities. Yes. mentioned. So w- what are you, what are you
1: hearing on that? Anything close, really close? Well, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing about that. First of all, can you believe it's been 14 years since they left and go to Oklahoma city? No, I mean, ben, no. Yeah. Ben, Ben, the sad part about it is, is that you've got, I don't know. We've, we've, we've had this conversation before on our show how how old do you have to be to have like a real conscious sports memory you know six seven eight years old i don't know i mean the sonics won the nba title in 79 i was five and a half i got no memory of that whatsoever i was more concerned about where my next booger was coming from you know versus (laughs) nba basketball so i have no memory of that whatsoever i have some memories of the early 80s when i was seven eight years old but you know if we just use that as a benchmark there's kids graduating high school this year, college freshmen in our area that have no idea what NBA basketball in this town is all about. You got to be in your mid twenties, early twenties to have any memory of NBA basketball. So you're starting over with an entirely new generation of fans. And guess what? A lot of people have moved on. They're sounder soccer fans. They're Kraken hockey fans. They're WNBA fans. They're, Sitting home playing freaking video games all day with their buddies <laughs> online. There's yeah. a lot more competition now for the sports dollar than there was 14, 15, 20 years ago. So I'm curious to see how the city reacts to it. They reacted great to the Kraken. They sold out all their season ticket deposits. But here's the nuts So thing: you know the name Todd Lywicki, you know the yeah. name Tim Lywicki. Sure. Obviously, two of the great sports executives in the country. Todd was the president of the Seahawks when they hired Pete Carroll back in the day and did great things for us. These are the guys that are telling everybody that the NBA is coming back. And you would think that those would be the guys that would say, hey, look, we just got you a damn hockey team. Why don't you enjoy the NHL for a while? And we'll work on the NBA later. It's not been the, it, it's not been the case. These guys are the ones telling us, ah, they're coming back. They're coming back. we got to be patient, but they're coming back. Tim yeah. Laiwiki and Todd Laiwiki, who have done so much for the town already, Getting this beautiful arena built, and by the way, it is really awesome. You come to town, we'll get you a game. By the way, yeah. And they get us a hockey team, and you would think they would want you to just enjoy that. But they are the ones that are fanning the flames for the NBA to come back. So I would be fairly surprised if in the next three to five years we did not have basketball back in Seattle. Yeah,
0: And they got to come. I, I know there's there's business involved. Those oil barons in Oklahoma, they got to get the Sonic name back though. I, I'm, I'm going to go full yeah. old school. Don't, yeah. don't change some dopey name. Go with the Sonics. Bring it back. Bring back. Well, and you've seen, you've and seen
1: how that franchise is doing. They're not doing well. They're not drawing fans. They're losing money right and left. And I'm shedding a tear. I'm playing a little <laughs> violin over here for Clay Bennett and the issues they're having in Oklahoma city. But I got to be honest with you, man, it's uh. It's a wacky thing to think about how long it's been since this basketball team was not around. And I think it's great the amount of passion that you hear and see around the country. People are always tweeting and talking about how Seattle deserves a basketball team. And I, don't, I, I would just challenge anybody, whether San Diego after they lost the Clippers, Kansas City after they lost the Kings, uh, Louisville after they, you know, 14, 15 years later, Was there still this kind of passion in those towns to bring the NBA back? And I would say no. I mean, dude, we got a freaking store. We got a store. (laughs) <laughs> simply seattle.com that sells Sonic gear yeah and they sell a lot of it and people are running around town wearing this stuff it's crazy how the the flame is still going i love it
0: yeah i know and we're around the same age so i i mean I remember you know i'm not a, i wasn't a Sonic like fan I'm, too. yes exactly i haven't aged in many years but I remember those sonic teams i was like wow i mean that was great basketball and it was always like a it was always uh, they always seem to have competitive teams in those days. But anyway, I've kept you for way too long, Softy. I appreciate I like it. it. You're the man. You're the myth. You're the legend. You own Seattle. And uh, coming up on 30 years, you signed your new deal. So we're gonna, are they going to have like a, a day for you, Softy day in Seattle? Are they going to have that whole thing?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the softy day better come along with it. Being the next day is my last day on the year. That's all I'm asking for. Just get me the hell out of here. <laughs> get, get me off the air. Now, this is great because this this keeps me from having to go do work around the house. So if you want me to hang out for another four or five hours, I got no problem doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I would. My producer will kill me, though, so I appreciate it. But, hey, thank you, Softy. Appreciate
1: it. All right, man. See you, bud.